The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey! Listen! Oh, we've never talked about this, Mike, but if we were to do uh, an episode that was worst companions ever, there would be a lot of contenders this year. Have you noticed that in games? This year? There's been a lot. Yes, there's been so many bad companions this year. You're going to have right? to refresh my memory. Okay, so uh, one of them is, and I don't want to get too far ahead because I think at some point we might talk about this game, but Atomic Hearts has a pretty bad companion. And oh, uh, the other well, one do is. You cons- you're talking about the sentient glove? Yeah, you consider a that a companion? Okay. Yeah, it's a voice in your head that you're dealing with the Didn't whole time. Didn't we decide they have to have a life bar or be able to be killed, or did we not decide that? It's just I think we were pretty liberal character. with it. Okay, and uh, consequently, another contender has to be Cuff from this game, right? <laughs> right, like oh, this game. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game has a companion that was uh, uh, quite a choice, and uh, I don't like to get into editorializing yeah, yeah, too yeah. fast. I mean, if I but can, it was such a striking <clears throat> thing. If I can review the character in the form of a palindrome, fuck cup. <laughs> it works. Play that backwards. It Thank works. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immortalize that. Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to One Upsmanship, where we create palindromes and poetic renderings of all of our video game faults and opinions. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Adam Ganser, and with me is my uh, my favorite colleague and escort, 
uh, mission. Please, sir. Your yeah, name? that's me. Mike Swaim. I thought, are you? Yeah. I think people should write in and determine who's the, who's, who's the, the PC and who's the companion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to claim Am it. I just, I'm not going to let you yeah. claim it. It's a, it, that's you, fine. You let us yeah. know. That's fair. I'm the Joker in your Batman right now, you know, just, uh, just sowing seeds of discord as I, I want to be, uh, the little ventriloquist dummy. Who's also a gangster. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Forget his name. I love that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, and we've elected to, to cover, uh, a game this week that, uh, was, I guess universally panned is probably, maybe that's an overstatement, but, uh, a game that was not well received, uh, but is a gigantic PlayStation exclusive, uh, that we both happen to play. So we decided to talk about it and that game is Forspoken. Yeah. I think uh, it's, I think it's worth talking about. Um, yeah, me too. Because it's. If you'll cast your minds back to when the hype train was full steam for the PS5, uh, Frey, the main character in Forspoken and the Forspoken engine, was one of the first tech demos that they re- that Sony really used to push the PS5 and to try and prove that the next generation looks better than the old generation. Um, That's and right. you got to see this footage of, I will say, truly amazing uh, like cave interiors with many, many, many mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds dumb, but many rocks and they all cast an individual shadow and it did look very impressive. And this character who was unnamed at the time runs through and jumps around in this way where if you're a gay, if you're a lifelong gamer, you've had yourself asking as we often do, is that how you'll actually move when you press X in the game? Or is that just a computer? Graphic is it just movie? animation? Yeah. yeah. And this is the game. So like, I also compare it to like Astro's playroom, you know, it's a Sony exclusive designed to show off what PS five can be. Uh, and I think notably it's from square Enix or NX. I never know. I worked at IGN and there was still disagreement. Um, but yeah, um, who, if you're unfamiliar, <clears throat> I always forget what's Square proper and Square Enix, but they're involved with Square, who are primarily known for the Final Fantasy series and games in and around. Which are also that coming type. out this year. Yeah. So it's a big year for them. So Forspoken, uh, Forspoken. That's what we're doing. Forspoken, Forspoken. Uh, an IP they no doubt at least hoped and maybe still will, we're going to make a franchise out of. Uh, so I guess it's time then that we pass our very first checkpoint blink, blink. and tell everyone like their 8-bit uh, exactly what Forspoken is if you do not hear anything about this game and have not been on the hype mm-hmm. train. Uh, you want to do that, Mike? You want me to I do, do it? I'll do it. Okay, great. Um, great. But first, I'm, if you hear my keyboard, which is a loud keyboard, what is the definition of Forspoken? Uh, Good question, because I was really having a hard time seeing the relation. Uh, Nothing really. Okay, it's an archaic word meaning to cast a bad spell over or curse uh, to forespeak was like witches and Salem were accused of forespeaking. Okay, all right. Okay, It doesn't have much to do with the plot of the game, which is about Frey, uh, a young woman of color, which I mention only because of its relevance in the fact that She's had a rough life and you feel like she's fallen through the cracks of the system or not been served. She's out of desperation, you know, turned to like petty crime. And she's like a tough street gal in, I think, New York. I don't even remember. Maybe Chicago. Yeah, it's it's New York. She, yeah. OK, she finds herself. Uh, her name's like, is it Freya or 
uh, anyway, her nickname's Frey because it's part of her proper name, which I also forget. Um, She finds herself in and out of court a lot, uh, you know, juvenile court in front of the same judge a lot to the point that they seem to have something of a relationship. The judge is uh, trying to be nice or says the things you would hope a judge would say or judges often say in movies or stories like this, which is like, I want to let you off the hook or like, I want you to turn your life around, but the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like you keep fucking up, you keep showing up here. So that's our, that's our pro tag. And that's our starting place, right? She's not in a good place or like, she seems, um, spunky and like, she's not, she's still got a lot of fight. She's not depressed or anything, but her life is tough. And then dude, I don't even remember why, but she finds this magic cuff. There was a fire. There is a magic fire in her apartment that may force her to run. That's right. I remember running from the fire, uh, which is funny because it doesn't have any, I stood there for a long, 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 long time and you never die. Like you can just chill in the fire, Um, but eventually, yeah. yeah, you leave and, uh, find a magic golden cuff that starts to talk to you. And, um, it all makes sense eventually because this was all destined to happen. Spoiler. Um, but opens up a portal and you get sucked into an alternate world. Uh, I even forget what the world is called, but there's a thing going on there called the break, which is a, you know, like an evil fog. <laughs> God, I hate, I'm sorry to tip my hat. It's not I a mean, good story. Um, but yeah. uh, so everything's post-apocalyptic. There's no real NPCs. The open world is just a huge, vast area with enemies. And there's a central hub that's a city where all the remaining survivors are. And, um, you know, the countryside's covered with zombies because the break, the people that get caught in it turn into evil monsters. And there's all kind of monsters. And you're a special girl, so you get special powers from the cuff and from, like, your affinity with this world, which you're trying to find out more about. At first, all she wants to do is to get home. But, of course, there's, I mean, it's post-apocalyptic, and it's apocalyptic because there's these things called the Four Tantas, which are these four leaders who used to be good, almost like the Triforce goddesses or what have you. They used to be good, but they went insane when the break happened, and they're bad now, and they rule over, like, the lands that you're going to liberate of course and uh you know it's that old jam like uh you want to go home but you get wrapped up in these epic events and you see a little kid get killed and it affects you deeply so only you can save the world so you set aside your personal ambitions to save the world which you do by um basically skating around they call it magic parkour but i would compare it to grinding and tony hawk or like the way you yeah, move a little bit in a game called The Pathless, if you happen to play that, or Infamous Second Son, which I think more people played, um, yep. or uh, Sunset Overdrive a bit. So like Frey, she can walk, she does, but also she's very, she can like skate on magic light and zoom around, right? The thing that the tech demo we saw promised. So you can zoom around and you get a grappling hook eventually, and that's the traversal. And then as far as combat, um, you flip around and you unlock different skill trees that give you different magical abilities that basically boil down to a shooty shooty one, a slashy slashy one with a magic red sword, and then like a green <laughs> one that's still shooty shooty, but it's it mimics bow and arrow physics instead of gun physics. And you, one by one, I mean, you meet some people and we'll get into it like Aubrey or whatever her name is and her the guy who can help you get home, but he dies And, you know, epic stuff happens, but it eventually is just you go to each realm and kill each boss. And when you do, the twist is, I believe, that you're actually the daughter of the greatest Tanta and you were left in the 
human world for safekeeping. And that's why you've always felt out of place. And you stay here and you ascend to your rightful destiny, which is like being a badass superheroine in this realm. And you're going to stay in this realm and save the world from any future threats that Square Enix may want to like pose. And that's it, I believe. Yeah, that is it. Uh, you are right, which I guess means it's time for us to pass our very next checkpoint. It's like a long Our very sigh. next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that means it's time for us to get right into Hot Takeville, USA. Please keep listening. Please listen. It's the, a bad game, but it could be a good <laughs> podcast episode. You don't know. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go out on a limb and say it is going to be a good podcast episode. Right. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, and also, I think there's things to learn from games like this. Of course, they're always uh, are right. So say something. Yeah. So you go first. Great. I say will go first. Really, really juicy and engaging and hot. Let's hope I can. Let's hope I can. Okay. In. Well, the first thing is uh, Adam Ganser, player one, plugging in. Um, when you finally level up in this game, it has incredible gameplay physics and uh, loops. Like the loops themselves, once you finally get them all unlocked, which is, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours into the game, into a game that's about 15 hours, by the way, um, it is extraordinarily fun. I think people missed out on that. They didn't actually have the fun that this game can be because it was uh, not a well done build up to that. And so the physics themselves, the loops, the way it looks and stuff, all that stuff is great by the time you get all the powers and stuff. So I want everyone to remember that because the rest of what I'm going to say is kind of dragging on the game. But I think if you had earlier in the game, like, I don't know if you'd move that moment, let's say eight hours earlier so that by three or four hours into the game, you had most of the basics of your powers. I think people would have lost their mind over how fun this game is. That's how good I think it is when it's working. Um, here's what happened with Forspoken, in my opinion. Um, Forspoken seems like a game that believed that if I just do the tropes, you will feel the feelings. That is fundamentally what this game believes uh, in its narrative, in its gameplay loops, in its mechanics, in its lore, in every aspect. It believes the only thing that makes something emotionally engaging is doing the tropes. Right. This is a game that if I could put it in a metaphorical sense, believes if I put together all the elements of a human being, it will be a conscious person. Right. It won't just be a, a, a meat monster. Right. Or if I was building a robot and just put all the piece, pieces together, it would gain sentience. And here we are to learn that is not true. You cannot just do the tropes and expect that it will work. Um, here's an example of how that's happening. There's a bunch of them, but here they are. So the first is this game believes it's more fun for us to have a, a playful relationship with our companion, a la Navi and Link or something. Right. Like it's trying to do buddy cop. The talking you, cuff. Yeah. Yeah. You and the talking cuff are having like a fun bantery thing that feels like sort of a remnant from New York that you're bringing into this magical world or something. And they think it's funny that you are quibbling with it. And then they thought it was interesting and profound that spoilers, that's actually the big bad of the game. The cuff is actually the poison that's ruining the world and you fight him at the end. That's the last boss we spoil these games here so i'm right that you are you know. tanta Sinta's daughter right yes that is correct <laughs> okay, yeah. yes this so, is like a movie i walked out of the theater and was like i've immediately forgotten what happened yeah, I, my, my mind was drained yeah so like 
uh, it believes that by doing that banter, like just creating that dynamic, it'll be fun and likable. The problem is they never grow as characters and there's no emotional depth, even to Frey, who we're spending a lot of time examining. She doesn't actually grow much. She's in kind of a stasis period where she just wants to get home and this place sucks for like 90% of this game, which makes her uninteresting. Most narratives at the midpoint, they realize, oh, I got to refocus around this new set of data so that I can, you know, achieve my quest. That's like basic hero's journey stuff. This game made the mistake of that not really happening emotionally for her until like right around where the third act happens, which is way too late. It's just way too late. Um, another set of tropes that they just thought they could do and it would be interesting is the Harry Potter tropes. They do that. That's the story here. This is Harry Potter. This woman, this this young woman is an orphan. She's in a world that doesn't care about her for cruel reasons that feel like they were designed to be somewhat commentary. Um, and that would have been interesting if they'd carried that through, but they didn't quite carry it through. So it doesn't play exactly. And uh, then she's, you know, turns out she's the only one that can beat the Voldemort of this world, who also, by the way, is her companion. And, um, you know, then she just sort of learns how to be Harry Potter. That's the whole game. And it's uh, we've just seen it so many times that we've done videos about how dumb it is and then done videos about how we're tired of hearing it at all anywhere. And now this game is sort of coming in and just doing the same tropes in a fairly genuine non-satirical way and we're just not up for that right now i would say even though i like a lot of things about the representation of it like it's a woman of color it's mostly female characters all that is good this is just not a good story unfortunately i think they deserve better um and i think finally it does really feel like they distilled all the cool stuff down to their basic most simplest versions and they just sort of ran out of time like the powers are all a color like are they cool yeah they're kind of cool but they're also like a color which feels very um i don't know like i'm playing simon says or something like there's no nuance or complexity here the world is empty because they have a plot reason that says it should be empty but it still feels like an empty video game world because they just did the tropes now i don't know why that happened I do know that they had to reboot entirely in the mid of, mid of, middle of development. I've heard that there's a screenwriter interview who's, by the way, he's walked sideways from this as much as he can from the script, where they, they rebooted the story entirely from the beginning in the middle of production. Um, that's not a good sign. Also, the studio that made for Spoken has been absorbed back into Square Enix. That's also not a good sign. Um, I would say this is probably a panicked project where they thought they could just sort of sketch the outline of a story and you would fill in the blanks. And they were wrong about that. That's my rant. Player two plugging in. Michael Swaim is the name of this player. It will be a good episode because I super disagree with most of the stuff you said. Oh, Although good. I do agree uh, with the last thing you said really wholeheartedly, which is this is one of the. So sometimes you'll see reviews where they say the team ran out of time and maybe they know that cause they follow industry news so closely, but I don't, I follow um, gaming news, like what games are coming out, but I tend to not follow down to the granular level. Like until I worked at IGN, like I don't know who Reggie fees on me is or what he does. <laughs> like I just play Nintendo games. Um, <laughs> but that said, I've never played a game where it was so clear that they ran out of time. So not to besmirch the developers. That must be a tough situation to be in. 
But be- there's two main things that I want to say about the game. Uh, because they ran out of time, it feels really sterile and hollow. Um, and I'll break down why. I make a tremendous overabundance of notes for this show. Uh, sometimes like 12, 13 pages, because as I play the game, I just make notes every time I have a thought. And if a game is like 30 hours, it's really long. Like we only actually scratched the surface in this podcast, um, which I mentioned because in this case, I just have like 112 bullet points of gripes. And, uh, I don't <laughs> think the combat's ever fun at all or remarkable. Oh, never. I think it's okay. just a junk drawer, trash fire of epic proportions that no wow. one should ever even consider playing unless they're interested in learning how you screw a game up. Because the other, the second leg of my argument is, uh, maybe there's a, f- theoretically fun loop underneath all of that as far as the combat goes it felt a lot to me like not bad not bad bad but like um yeah i've played devil may cry and devil may cry felt more connected and dynamic than this and that was 20 years ago or whatever mm. um and ver- and uh, to a lesser extent uh dark siders those games um anyway totally agree that it's also bizarre that the ultimate form where it kind of feels fun comes 90% of the way through the game. Uh, like the tech tree is not paced correctly. Uh, and yeah, I'll just wrap up by saying I wa- I'm really excited because I could just this whole episode, I could fill an hour just blandly going, they did this and that's bad for this reason. They made this gameplay <laughs> choice. that doesn't work for this reason. And we know that because of these games. Yeah. Um, I will try to avoid doing that. Although I do think it's kind of fun. <laughs> how many concrete things I can go like that's incorrect. Um, so we'll get into it, but it all just arrives under the umbrella of whatever game, whatever promise there once was under this game. They so consistently made every tiny micro decision of how like UI and everything incorrectly that it's one of the worst games I've ever played. It just sucks. It's Mm. just really, really bad. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's a hell of a rant. Fun, and, uh, fun stuff. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I'll end no, with the ahead. spiciest take of all, and then we got to hop to commercial, um, which I, I do want to get back and get in game on. But I'll also say um, I do think by the fact that it does just cover tropes and do the basic hero's journey and rip off Harry Potter, essentially, even to the point that a character says the line I'm quoting, you are the only hope we have. You are special. Um, by, by embracing that trope, I think it falls into the long line of stories we tell ourselves that are among the most toxic, hurtful, not useful messages that you could pump into the collective psyche, which is life is about you. You are special. One day it'll all just come together for you for no reason because you're special. Um, people actually grow up believing that to some degree and it fucks everything up. That's not a way to live your life thinking that. Mm. Wow. Uh, so I actually hate when stories have that message or wow, the message so- that um, if you just work hard and have a good heart, it will eventually happen for you. Guaranteed. I hate that message, too, because it's not true. And we should be grooming ourselves to deal with how life really is through story. Wow. That's my I love that. I love that because I really want to get into that. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get too far away from First Spoken, but can we talk about that after the break? Of course. That's interesting. Okay, great. Well, then uh, let me hasten 
to uh, pay the bills, the the thing that keeps the lights on, the purple, green, and and red lights on, mm-hmm. uh, so that we can continue on the other side, getting into what kind of stories should we be using socially to prepare ourselves for the future. Looking forward to that after this. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, Time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit AT&T.com slash hypergig for details. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. We are magic parkouring back into yes we are 
the other realm that is one-upsmanship where everything is pure game and philosophy. Uh, yeah, this is game That's on. Right. Pass another checkpoint. Yeah. I yeah. didn't want to uh, solely devote the... I really think you and I should do a philosophy podcast someday, but this we is keep not talking that. About it. So let's no, 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 quickly for sure. go through... I will also say I'm not trying to say that this is an exceptionally egregious or mal intended. I like that point, though. Yeah. Okay. go ahead. Actually, the heroes. So I agree with you that the hero's journey has I think it was inspiring and fun when our culture was not saturated with obvious examples of disappointment. And when our culture did not value um, individualized self-expression above all else, which we now value in the modern context. And we didn't in medieval times, for example. Right. Well, but also, I mean, you know, if you go back and look at stories in antiquity, they had a much more uh, there. There were a lot more stories that were. I think I'm going to use the wrong example, but sort of Aesop's fables where there was a kind of element of. Uh, tragedy or sort of uh, life being unpredictable built into storytelling uh, that is no longer true because we focus so hard on individualized uh, self-actualizing narrative. Yeah. It's funny Um, you mentioned that because I'm reading uh, original Grimm's fairy tales right now. And of course people people famously know that they're more gory in the original versions, but it's not gory without reason. What's interesting about Grimm's fairy tales is there's tons of them about how being prudent and virtuous and having good character will get you through a difficult situation. And there's an equal number where the virtuous prudent character is randomly killed. And the message is that life is challenging and you can't control everything. And it's so fascinating to me that over the intervening 500 years or whatever, we've groomed all those messages out and we only do all the stories where the good character lives happily ever after. That's the one we like. There is an excellent, uh, so I rarely recommend other podcasts, but I but like there is an actual series of podcasts on this exact subject by Malcolm Gladwell called Revisionist History. It was one of the seasons he got into the the adaptation of The Little Mermaid mm-hmm. as a launching point for what kinds of stories are good for us culturally and this exact problem. Um, yeah. And he does a really nice job of it better than we're going to do in our, you know, uh, gunslinger way. But I do agree with you that it's starting to feel hollow because we don't believe it anymore. Like our stories no longer reflect the way we feel about the world, you know, and I think that adds to the hollow feeling of this game. Well, Am and I underscore right? the word we, because keep in mind yeah. that I feel like there might be some aspect of this that's a universal human experience. As you age, you develop a more complex, nuanced relationship with life and the universe. So keep in mind that the reason we can keep doing these tropes over and over is that, yeah, but new kids are born and they don't know any right. better. And they'll play Forspoken and be like, I'm special. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I did yet- it when I was a kid with stories that I consider trite now. So that's, That's true too. I mean, we well. certainly yeah. we age out of idealism in some ways, and I don't want to poison the youth with my forty-two-year-old cynicism. We don't age out of hope or the belief that no. we can make things better, but we age Agreed. out of blind idealism. Yes, I agree with that. Um, but also, as part of this podcast, Malcolm Gladwell does he shows that uh, that actually when you read a series of these uh, stories of different types to children, they actually respond more emotionally to the Grimm's. Uh, chaotic piece than they do to the self-actualized piece mm-hmm. as in it's a it's a we're actually like sort of nutrient deficient in terms of chaotic narrative now 
so I hope that at least that's how I took his uh, podcast, like the conclusion of it. So I it's know worth an investigation. Some, it must be mentioned. Some people are turning away from Gladwell lately because, you know, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I he know. has a lot yeah, yeah. of pet theories because that's his brand and he talks right, a lot right, of right. shit and some are considered problematic, but sometimes I think he's spot on. It's a mixed bag with him, but I'm I agree. Not, yeah, that, I'm not advocating yeah. him, but Across this podcast board, right. is exactly the thing we're talking about. And it does <laughs> connect to Forspoken in that Get we're it. trying to identify why are people so on? Like, why do we all agree the story is unsatisfying? You know? Yeah. Well, uh, and wrote. And I think part of yeah. it is not just the, that the tropes are wrote but also that the and this is why i feel like they fell out of time ran out of time uh we've talked about with this with fallout i call it my fallout fall off fallout is one of my favorite uh franchises be purely because of the vibe i objectively play it and don't think it's the best game ever but i would live in that world forever um and because of that i actually get kind of a postpartum depression when i Realize I've 100 percent at a Fallout game and that if I walk around the world now, people are just going to say the same thing to me. Forspoken starts in that place. No one ever has more than two lines. I mean, cut outside of cutscenes. Anyone you talk to in the hub area is an NPC with basically no dialogue tree to speak of. The most complex it gets is pretty you much. Have one or two and you choose and they say right. one more thing and then the interaction's over. And all the interactions are. I mean, I wrote some down, but like there's a part where you have like a yub dub celebration because you beat the first Tanta and you're <laughs> yeah, walking through right. the crowd and yeah. people are saying stuff like here they are. There's our hero. There's the woman of the hour. Wow. You did a great <laughs> job. Like, wow. Come on, Just guys. Super first draft. Um, uh, the, like the world map areas are full of evocative names like blessed plains pioneer plains purple magic area fountain yeah. fields and barren yeah. plains these are yeah. the names of the areas you go to in this magic world like yeah. the late the it got ripped on it a lot so i want to move past it because i actually am interested in the game design flaws me too but yeah as people agreed pretty much yeah the writing sucks like um it's tough and they had to yeah, they had anyway. esteemed writers on this, by the way. Like one of them, uh, I want to say Gary Witt is his name, wrote yeah, on uh, he's great. Uh, Star Wars R- Rogue One. Oh, I like, know. He's highly respected, great screenwriter. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, so obviously the machine went off the rails here at some point. You know what I mean? Like, uh, right. obviously there is an internal problem that created <laughs> this nightmare. Like there's this you know? one point where their exposition dump is basically this mission. Oh, and one of the things that killed me, the whole point of the game is that the traversal at least feels fast and fluid and somehow eventually, eventually and then they immediately take it away and do the, like you can only walk at the slow speed in the hub and yep. there's only particular areas where you can do that movement. Yep. And, and now that you've moved really fast and cool, like Sonic the Hedgehog, let's have you do this mission where you slowly walk to a library and you have to read <laughs> seven books before yeah, you you're allowed to leave yeah. the library. Yeah. And there's just an interchange in that scene that I want to read where um, you read something and Cuff says, and she says, um, this is awful. And Cuff says, I think their subjects would agree with you. And then she says, I wonder where they all, where the Tantas went. And he says, so do many of their former subjects. 
And like, do you hear that? Like, I even think non-writers yeah. would hear. Yeah, yeah. Sounds um, like GPT chat. Change one of those two lines from Cuff to yeah. the same line twice. That's really yeah. monotone and boring. That's not engaging writing. And it's just that all through. Like yeah. everyone, everything everyone says is incredibly generic. Like there's the woman of the hour. Fuck off. <laughs> it's so like, and also I think like there's just like a lack of uh, the kind of polish that makes things feel real. Like, like again, scripts get much better in the second, third, fourth draft. Even if you're not changing the beats just from the softening of edges just and the, the smoothing out of, Gets yeah, better. just yeah. that they get much better. And this feels like it's missing that pass. Like for First instance, draft game. Yeah. When you, when you have conversations with cuff, you can't do it while you're moving. You have to stop and mm-hmm. listen to him talking. Right. A thing that's like, bro, Bioshock figured this out years ago. What are we doing yeah. here? When you're talking to cuff, he doesn't have an animated speaking like anything. He so doesn't just watching your time arm. with his speech. You're looking at a still image of a still That's thing. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you can't do that. Like you got to make it feel like we're having a conversation with a thing, like, which is a very basic mechanic that all filmmakers understand, you know? Um, and they didn't do that. And uh, just, they, they just didn't have the kinds of touches that make a thing feel like you're in good hands, which makes you skeptical about all the things they're doing that are fine or good. Even mm-hmm. like, I think some of the art direction here, if you take out the NPCs that are missing is actually quite good. Oh man. But okay. I do you hate it? Well, comparing to like horizon, uh, well, Forbidden sure. West it's not as good as horizon. Fair sure. Enough. And I'm not even saying not as good, but just having that fresh in my mind, some of the costume designs of the NPCs fine. Um, but I'm thinking specifically of Tanta, Sila, the second one, the Maybe. one that looks like the Virgin Mary or like a queen, like a uh, like a queen. She looks like twenty fucking stupid things a fourteen year old came up with piled on top of each other. Like, what if her face is the drama masks and she has a crown of thorns and she carries a scepter that's a snake and she talks to herself like Gollum and she has split personalities. Um, it's maybe the dumbest character I've encountered in three to five years one- of playing video games. Yeah, she, was she the puts one you that, on trial. She speaks yep. in rhyme, yep. dude. And yeah, the rhyme, I am a contaminer. Yeah. You're talking about a game with bad writing. So like they are not up to the challenge of a character no, who speaks not. in rhyme. She says shit like, um, dude, I have a good one. Where is it? Uh, I love that you wrote like, them all down. I'm so grateful f- for this. Like you fight with the girls and the boys, but all of it is unseen noise. <laughs> you're like, that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. You just thought of a word that rhymed and you're like, I got to get this shit out. Um, she was the one that yeah. made me think that there was actually a sort of a structural commentary that was happening or had at one point been happening. Like, and then the time there was, to, yeah, there was sorry, a point. It's okay. No, 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 no. I love what you're saying. There was a point where, <laughs> I thought it was at this point because I was trying so hard to find meaning in this, in the story and the structure mm-hmm. that the world of Athia was actually a way of sort of externalizing the feelings that Frey had about her life as a woman of color in a justice system that doesn't care about her. Like, and this, this justice made me think maybe they're trying to do that because I couldn't figure out why it was unhinged this way. Otherwise, um, mm-hmm. But it turned out it turned into this weird Lynchian thing. And I guess it just never quite congealed. But I wonder if somewhere along the line, they actually were trying to tell a story like that. And I guess lost but I their feel way. Like they didn't figure out what the feel of their world even is like. Uh, Agreed. So Sila is the biggest example. But here 
the clearest examples to me that they like ran out of time and they're just th- piling a bunch of shit together. Like there's no clear vision of what this world feels like. Yeah, no single one. Yes. Right. Is like the, the boss before the final boss is just a generic dragon, like Lord of the Rings dragon. And you're yep. like, why is there now a dragon? Like uh, there's been nothing like that aesthetic in this. There's and been nothing dragon. Dragon. And right. then the final, final boss cuff is just a glowing yellow orb. Like just a circle. You're fighting a giant circle. <laughs> it's like they literally ran out of time and placed a spherical model. Then there's shit like um, none of the environment is breakable, except there's a couple scenes where there's vases that are breakable and the vase breaking physics are really impressive. But you'll notice the vases are identical and just gray solid vases, which implies to me, knowing a little bit about how games are made, that they copy pasted the generic assets from the console library. And they're like, there's got to be something destructible. We're out of time. Throw some of those vases in there. Like there's choices like that all throughout. That's interesting. The the buildings in the hub area look like the textures aren't finished. Like they're so white and minimalist that they just seem like blocks. It has no character. Etc. Et I agree. No, I think yeah. you're right. So, like, uh, I'm gonna bring in uh, this old chestnut that I. It's time for everyone to drink if they're if they're drinking along with this like podcast. Destiny Two is fun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So here's why it matters. I, I, am I thought it. I was being facetious. Nope. I'm doing it just to be a bit now. So no. Uh, uh, did you play Lightfall, the expansion that came out very recently? No, and I'll tell you why. I looked it has at the, the same thumbnail. Problem. I looked at the thumbnail and there's this new character they're pushing that looks like some weird frogman with googly eyes. Yeah. Ah, I'm not on board. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And I think uh, uh, spoilers, you might be you might be right. So like they have the same problem. They have the same problem where they designed this world that was based on like a very uh, rudimentary, shallow concept. Uh, in there, in that case, it was like 80s, like uh, post-industrial slash uh, retro futurist sci-fi world where there's not any people in it. And it just has this hollow vibe to it because they didn't have the time to really deeply explore the thoughts that inspire Mm -hmm. architecture or space. And this is from a team that normally does that well, right? They normally do Mm -hmm. that well. I think in first, like the burden of trying to create a brand new space uh, that has its own sort of like architecture and lore and, uh, vibrant feeling is really heavy. And I don't, that doesn't excuse what the game is, but I think when we admire something like horizon forbidden West, right? It's really about admiring the depth in which they contemplated the premise of their game and the depth to which they like dug in and designed from the very basic, clear narrative concepts, everything about that world and discovering the depth of it is what makes it such a joyful experience. And in Forspoken's case, it seems like a lot of those kind of choices, the ones that feel like they could have been artistic, were probably made because of utility. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a tragedy as a person who's made utility like videos, videos that were artistic, videos that were based on utility. I know the feeling of making something that was based on money and in uh, time and it's like you know uh, you can see everybody feeling disappointed in it and that's a real shame because i do think the premise here could have been cool like do you agree that like on a basic level the premise could have been cool of this game or is it like nah it's a wash 
Uh, I think Infamous and Pathless are good games and (laughs) you could rip off or even being more charitable. You could be inspired by and innovate on those games and make a good game. Totally. This just, I'm like, yeah, but if you, if you have no good ideas, it's very difficult. So so let me, (laughs) can I, can I elocute? That's fair. So can I elocute a little bit on, uh, like some of the late stage combat stuff that I thought was good? Like just a little bit and you can disagree yes, with it, then, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you're ready for pause, I want to do something, but you go first. Okay, great, great. Okay. So I, I want to defend a little bit what I said about how the combat is good at the end. So this is sort of a little explored idea, but basically once you get all your powers, they have a kind of interactivity that allows you to experiment and get rewarded by combinations Um, Mm -hmm. And by like varying cooldowns and stuff. And they give you a variety of powers that you start to get what you might call sort of the Mass Effect 2 effect, which is uh, these sort of two combined like combined attacks actually create a cool like uh, like uh, unanticipated damage on various enemies and stuff. Like so it does kind of reward a lot of. combo mix and matching and you do find cool interactivity between the powers and once you get good at flipping between the powers um you really feel like you can destroy anything even though there's a lot of spongy stuff in this game and there is lots of the lots of the mm-hmm. bad guys are dumb sponges but like you it does create with a pretty limited palette of attacks as well i gotta say yeah that's right but not so limited that it feels like they totally cheated no, us no 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 as a the combat I have to like you can fuck around with it and it's fine yeah. to good. Yeah, totally. Like I use I use Mass Effect 2 uh because Mass Effect 2 is actually way more limited in terms of combat than this game is. And it's your one character your one character with full freedom of motion um and you can zip anywhere in the map. Like you you really can yeah. do almost any attack you want uh by the time it's over. It just takes so long that you're no longer interested in the game. That's really what it boils down to in my opinion. Does that feel mm-hmm. totally unfair to you about this or about Mass Effect? Sorry, uh, but either one, but mostly this. Uh, this one, especially because it. Yes, I mean, I agree completely, and I think this okay. even more than Mass Effect because Mass Effect's story did draw me in to a degree, and this yeah, one that's sort right. of repelled me. Although right. I got to mention something we both said before, which is for the record, and I think most of our listeners will totally agree. Good to have black folks be in media and the media Absolutely. sucks and no yeah. one cares or blames it on the fact that the star that the protagonist is black, you know, like, no, everyone's allowed all. to fail. So I like that about it. Um, but the but it's a failure. <laughs> yeah. So I think even more so the Mass Effect to it, it wears thin quickly, uh, especially because you mainly only talk to Cuff and Auden. And one of my other big problems yeah. with it is you meet Cuff and you're like, Jesus, this guy won't shut up. All he this does guy is sucks. Dispense yeah. exposition. Next, very next character you meet is Auden. And she goes, let me explain this world to you. And you're like, <laughs> Cuff fucking did that. Didn't we're going to do it again now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, okay. And then the last thing that what you just said brought up in me is that I do like this genre. I think it's an underrepresented subgenre, which is essentially Tony Hawk plus guns or traversing in a smooth, fluid way where you never slow down. Plus there's enemies and you fight. Uh, I love that. I think actually that hasn't been perfected. Not really. Uh, Infamous is pretty good, but I still think this is all right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I actually think that's an underrepresented gameplay loop, like trying to do sweet tricks 
and also shooting. That's cool. Pistol Whip is a little like that, uh, the VR game, but not they kind of they kind of stack. Forgive me for interrupting you. They kind of no. stack a lot of bullshit on top of those kinds of games in a way that actually undermines them. So, like for instance, a really Sunset- clean one would be really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I recommend people didn't, people didn't play it a lot, but I do recommend the Pathless actually, which is okay. I need to play that more. Sunset Overdrive is a game that we almost covered several times. Like we've we've come back to we maybe should. covering it a few times. We All right. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I think they just, there's a lot of obfuscation going on in that game to mask a an unfulfilling loop. Oh, well, maybe that's maybe too strong. Won't. Maybe it's too strong. A, a loop that's under, un, under baked a little bit okay. half baked is my opinion, but maybe we could talk about it and you might, you might convince me otherwise. Um, I think what happens is it's actually really hard to make a game that has the kind of fluidity and power that you want. And so they sort of pile all this stuff on top of it to make it feel like we, it's really robust. Yeah. Well, when you the pulled core a classic wrong. You pulled a classic games with the destiny thing. So I'll just say, I love to it. me, it is a spiritual successor, and this is why I stand Sonic the Hedgehog of the impulse that began that whole thread of like, it's so dumb because it's Sonic's catchphrase, but um, video games can do a lot of things. What if we did one where you got to go fast? <laughs> I like that. That, that is what we idea. want. No, but yeah. that is what we want here. Like, and that's not totally. like they put this. They put this like status bar or not status, like a stamina bar basically on your ability to parkour parkour. Yeah. They, they then eventually retract when you get more powers, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if your idea is let's be Sonic, then start by me being able to be Sonic. You know what I mean? Like, and, st- and like expand yeah. from there. Not, and not, then you get a grappling hook. And I was immediately thinking like the Arkham grappling hook, like, this is going to be great. Yeah, this is really going to awesome. open up the traversal. Yeah. And then it turns out there's very specific grapple points and you hit them and they just deliver you to a very specific point. And it's like, I just played Halo Infinite, dude. Like that game ruled. That can't this. be the grapple yeah. hook. That grapple yeah. hook is moot. Now we're done with that. That's old technology <laughs> or you got to do it as good as as that game yeah. like right. you know what i mean that game did a hell of a job with that one thing so like yeah. you gotta match that and they didn't uh and a lot of games by the way are putting grapple hooks in and not doing that um so yeah shout out just cause of course apparently just yeah i've never played that but i know well, that that's just cause is not great it. across the board it's super janky but the thing about it that everyone loves is like the grapple hook right? you can grapple shot a thousand feet in the air and then wingsuit down and then you know there's like 18 kinds of uh wacky traversal that was its thing that feels like that's what this game wants to be but it wanted to have more nobility and yeah. achieve and there have like marvel spider-man like we now yeah. have games yeah. where you do that's feel right. like that where yep. you're like dude i'm fucking nightcrawler like i'm yep. flipping around and it's just like we have a higher standard yeah spider-man really makes this game look bad actually <laughs> like yeah, like really when does. you think about that you're like mm, that's right and the Spider-Man combat rules. in that yeah yeah so tight yeah um, that's right yeah, well, that's a shame. Maybe we need to hit a break so that we can regain. Well, <laughs> like can I our... wrap up with my thing? I oh, want to yeah, yeah, do. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have simple gripes that I feel are objective, and I want to rattle through. <laughs> I was like, I, "All right, okay." I want to say first, people run out of time. Hey, I'm an artist, and I've tried as hard as I could and not run out of time, and still put turds out there. So, yep. like, of course, Same. it's not a uh, personal. But I am now going to gleefully, like, cinema <laughs> style, go like, "This is bad. This is all right." All so, right. Here we go. 
Um, there is no stealth gameplay in this game yet inexplicably in the opening couple hours, there's a sneaking portion yeah. and it has no gameplay. You just yeah. follow Auden when she says to follow her and then you get through it and it's over and you never sneak again. And that's not a part of the game. Yeah. Um, at the end of most of the cutscenes, you will hang frozen for so long that I often thought the game froze or was crashing. And it's just that the camera just hangs there, hangs there. Hangs there. Okay, control of the character is returned to you. And I don't understand why it is that way. <laughs> the sound design is like shockingly spare. Like a giant monster in metal armor will superhero land from three stories up and there will be no sound effect. There will be no impact sound to indicate that. Or I that's think it's just crazy glitch. to me. I think it's glitchy. Like, I sure, think that's maybe. what that is. Yeah. Um, the game, if you play it, you'll know what I mean. It dips to black way too much. Yes, it does. <laughs> like All the time. Amount. It fades. Yeah. yeah. You're like, what? Um, the yeah. animation itself is so bad. Like, watching one of these characters pretend to eat an apple, which they do several times, is uh, like a war crime. <laughs> like it it's feels, a, it's just, yeah. It feels unfair how mad we were at Mass Effect Andromeda when when right. this game when this exists. is next gen and they still yeah. can't do it yeah right um it keeps forcing you to look at the lore archive over and over like literally fading to black and bringing it up when you're like i don't want to look at this <laughs> um uh yeah your frozen place i said that the mini game so you know how it's a big thing in open world games to have mini games now yeah. the yep. mini game in this is you roll one die and whatever it comes up on that happens like that's it that's yeah. the strategy of the mini game you roll yeah. the die whatever comes up that happens there's a collectible called poppets they have a whole speech about how poppets are there are a thousand of them and they were each made to be unique and they're incredibly diverse and unique and each one special <laughs> and bonds with a person then every time you collect one it shows you the poppet you collected and they're identical they're the same model every time they all look the same different spirits mike different the most spirits. common side quest in this game is that you encounter a cat and you interact with it and you slowly follow it around and it arrives at a place where there's an item and you pick up the item. It sucks ass. It's my nothing. chat was so mad that I stopped doing the cat stuff. I was like, they dude, the cat stuff keep sucks. Doing it. Well, you know what um, it is. It's like falling. It's chasing yeah, the meme. It's like, and it's cats like all are right. Cute. Right. Yeah. Every time you pick up a poppet, the uh, tutorial that teaches you about the poppet system comes up every time. It's obviously a glitch. No one would do that intentionally, <laughs> but yeah. Um, the game frequently says when you try to fast travel, an error message comes up that says you cannot fast travel while an event scene is playing, even though an event scene is not playing. <laughs> um, you have to take a series of picks. In order to unlock new features in photo mode, which is such a terrible anti-fun idea that I yep. can't believe anyone ever implemented it. <laughs> and to get these photos, you go to particular points and the game makes you point the camera in an exact direction and zoom in an exact amount. Meaning photo mode, which is supposed to be a system of individualized expression in your game, in the photo mode in this game. You can only take one exact photo that will look identical to every photo taken by everyone else who ever plays the game. It's antithetical to what that's for. Um, it has a Souls-like healing system, which makes it feel like it's going to be challenging. But you start the game with six health elixirs. Yeah, so you never, I never once yeah. even felt close to dying. I yeah. never died in this game. I beat it without dying. Wow, um, really? Every, every skill upgrade is so boring. For example, the the uh, like the copy and one of the tech tree things is 
if you upgrade this, it does more damage over a wider area. Then if you upgrade it again, it says does even more damage over an even wider area. That's not good enough. That's not interesting. Um, there's these towers you have to climb because it's an open world game, but you cannot magic parkour up the wall of the towers. They are like slick or whatever. Yeah, so that, that was frustrating. You- You have to just slowly normal walk speed, walk up the stairs. Then there's no cool way down. Like how Aloy will rappel down. You walk back down the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) Right. A game that's been Um, around 15 years. The world map is brown and muddy and uniquely like the most unpleasant world map to look at that I've ever seen. <laughs> Things it's also like, blend together and it's actually confusing to get you, from one place to the other. It's confusing to tell where you are. The yeah. reticule snaps to points of interest way too easily. It's yeah. like hard to get it to be where you yeah. want it to be. There's chest puzzles in the game. The chest puzzles were either never in the middle, either laughably easy. Like you press one button and you go, Oh, I got it. Or so obtuse that it took me 20 minutes and then I gave up. And then like, I was frustrated because I didn't right. want to do this. Uh, um, one of we... the tutorial messages I got was precision encounters cause a magic power boost that can now be crafted and upgraded. I don't know what that means. That's a problem. To me. <laughs> um, that's it. I think oh, that's, thank God. That's I was I like, Oh my God, you are <laughs> eviscerating this game right yeah. now. Uh, well, I, it, I think this says something about when a game doesn't come together and doesn't bother to fix quality of life things, it makes you angry, uh, which is a bummer because it's ultimately trying to be fun. You know, like it's trying to right. it's trying to give you a good yeah. use of your 12 hours. It wants and yet, to. It, well, <laughs> it didn't trying. want to. This felt a little bit like somebody said, nope, it needs to make money now. That's it. And uh, or we're spending too much money. Deliver the game now. Yeah. Yeah. And like like that, that decision. And again, I can't say for sure. I don't know, but that decision feels like it was not, um, it was made by somebody who no longer, or it was made at a point where there was no joy in this game anymore. Like, uh, like they, they really seemed like they were willing to, to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater when they released this. I know it would have been suicide for them to like, you know, delay again. Cause they delayed for a year, several times already, but like, mm-hmm. it still wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to say. It still wasn't ready. Uh, so that's a bummer. I guess to wash that poor taste out of our mouth from those intimate <laughs> recollections, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll, uh, we will try to wrap up our experience in Athia and decide whether we will keep or delete right after this. Woo. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, Time ends. 
time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. You've just been forswoken. That rhymes with <laughs> forespoken. I've been wanting to do that the whole episode, but I don't know why. I'm so glad that you know. had that last bit prepared for us. You put Michael a lot Swain, of effort. Adam Gansey talking yeah, video. Talking yeah. forespoken, uh, a, a game that we've tried to bring as much joy in our evisceration as we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we pass our final checkpoint, Mike? And get to Absolutely. decide if we keep or delete this, this bad mm-hmm. boy? Um. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll delay the suspense or dispense with the suspense and say Dude, deleting. Man. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm deleting. deleting it. I'm like I don't even need to hear your answer. I can talk over it. Yeah. <laughs> like just the trope of. It turns out, the reason you're special is you're secretly the kid of Gandalf or <laughs> whoever the fuck. God, I'm so sick of that. I kind you're of the kid of the king. You're the kid of God or whatever. <laughs> you know, like it, it is just G, it's just the Jesus story still echoing through everything it's, we but do. It's nowhere near like, as interesting as that, uh, or as profound as that. It's it's just not it, well, it's no, half-baked. Harry Potter is not as profound as the Bible. I I right, don't but, think, but uh, no, me neither. But uh, but also uh, it's yeah, whatever. I don't need to get into that. So I, I would say I did kind of feel like the game was leaving open the possibility of meeting her father, a character we never meet, who's definitely sort of all but alluded to. 
Um, and right. there's a part of me that thinks that the father is from New York. Like he's just a person from New York. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it seems like it might be true. Um, mm-hmm. I might have missed something. So she'd be like Hercules. She'd be like half divine or whatever. Yeah. Well, that right. So like, I actually kind of feel like that might have been a more interesting way to get into this is like doing the opposite of what they did. Yeah. Like, so normally we do the Harry Potter version where you meet your, you know, you're a wizard, Harry, but it might've been more interesting for her to meet her father. Who's like, yeah, you're a New Yorker, Harry. You know what I mean? That might've yeah. been cool. Um, well, it would have been cool. Or, or I agree. Do the opposite of what you did. Like, um, like make a video game <laughs> instead of All whatever right. you did. <laughs> All right. Wow. Uh, we're real dude. dicks. This is, we're real cuffs this time around. For sure. <laughs> real cuffs. Anyway, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed our, uh, Whoa, lifeless. You're not going to get my vote. You're not oh, even I'm sorry. I thought vote, you said, dude. oh, please, please. I did not say it. I'm keeping it, Adam. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> You're not keeping the aliens. it. Get the fuck I out. I believe that a full <laughs> hard drive to be, it has to have one where you're like also this is art, the worst uh, thing ever <laughs> also art can be bad like you should know some art is bad we aren't perfect we're humble we'll take we'll you know we'll sit down and be humble the idea uh, like we need a control case uh, you know like yeah, for, that's right. so you can see what it could have been if we'd done a bad well, job and you you covered my ass by deleting it so yeah, i can yeah. rest assured that it's not making it on yet <laughs> You're deleting it, right? Come on. Admit it, it bad. It thank bad. Thank yeah, you. I'll delete it. All right. Thank you. Uh, God, what a pleasure uh, to have mm-hmm. this conversation with a good pal who oh. I would never delete. Yeah, this is uh, always a delight. Of course, that's why we do it. Yeah, but also, do it. I do want to say, you know, I, it's very popular modern opinion to hate organized religion. Um, but if that's you even go so, and I know there's people who are like, the Bible's nonsense because of their feelings about organized religion. Here's why I'm saying this. If you're someone out there and you're hearing this and you genuinely felt like if your knee jerk reaction was, no, I got more life wisdom out of Harry Potter than I did out of the Bible or ever would out of the Bible. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to the person who thinks that Harry Potter is more profound than the Bible. You do want to talk to that person? Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. I'll talk to an insane person from time to time. I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I'm not interested in forcing people to agree with me. Uh, I just would have a hard time accepting that. Uh, but let's yeah. see what they say to you. I would love to hear what let's they say find to you. Out. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So uh, that's a project for the internet. Please feel free to take that one up. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. if you're interested in other smooth, non-contentious audio experiences, we got a billion of them over at uh, our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash small beans, where you can hear mm-hmm. both Mike and I wax poetic and uh, trash or not trash various other artworks like films, like uh, the work of the, the film director, like uh, the prospect of sharing media with friends, like the multiverse, tons and tons of podcasts that yeah. uh, we offer uh largely Star Trek, free of Futurama, That's we right. do a Stephen King focus, we do a Cohen Brothers focus, uh, yes, we do. all kinds of shit. Um if you just search small beans wherever you get podcasts, like the thing you're listening on right now, uh you'll get about half of them. And then yeah. uh, we hope you'll check out the Patreon eventually because yeah. for just $3 a month, you get twice as much. And um, some of the shows are specific to the Patreon, meaning you'll only hear like Escape from the Multicurse or Star Trek The Next Futurama or Spielboys uh, over there. That's right. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, we got a great lineup of 
the next few weeks worth of ep- episodes are going to be killer. They are all in the bank now. Uh, so we can't wait to show those to you. So stick around. If you like this, feel free to like it, subscribe, send a review, share it with your friends. We'd love to keep doing this until the sun explodes or those aliens finally do show up. That's it. So long shipheads. We salute you. Work complete. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.